0: Check, check this out. Well, I'm the best corner in the game. When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. Don't you ever talk about me. Don't you open your mouth about the best. Or I'm going to shut it for you real quick.
1: Live in the entertainment capital of the world, it's the T.C. Martin Show. Hey, don't
2: roll. it. Hit it downhill.
0: With power, you running straight downhill. You know where we're coming. And we know where y'all going to be lined up at. Now you just got to stop I'm saying I'm better than you.
1: It's the doctor, T.C. Martin. Beast mode is already inside side. The doctor is now in. The beast is alive
3: and well. And a good Friday afternoon to you. It is the T.C. Martin Show live from the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. No better place to be on a Friday Saturday, Sunday, any day for that matter. No (laughs) doubt about it because it is a big-time weekend here. Breeders' Cup happening as we speak down in Del Mar. And our good friend, Double B, Brian Benowitz is there because he's got a horse at Del Mar happening here today right when we get done at 4.10 p.m. So, uh, yes, we'll get you caught up on the Breeders' Cup. It's a great weekend at Del Mar, one of the best racetracks in the country, of course, the classic is tomorrow. Marco D'Angelo, he is in the house. He joins us today. Not only we talk Breeders' Cup, but of course we dive into the NFL, college football, and a whole lot more on this football slash horse racing slash boxing edition of the T.C. Martin Show on this Friday, the Cosmopolitan Las Vegas. Because don't forget, tomorrow night, it is fight night in Las Vegas at the MGM Grand Garden Arena. Canelo Alvarez taking on Caleb Plant. Looking forward to that. We'll be there uh, uh, for that fight tomorrow night. And, of course, uh, we are here at the Cosmopolitan Las Vegas inside the sportsbook, powered by William Hill. T.C. Martin, Marco D'Angelo from Wager Talk. What is up, my man? Uh, it's going to be uh, tough concentrating here on the show
2: today with all these races going on in the background, TC. Uh, I'll try to do my best to
3: stay focused. <laughs> there you go, my friend. I mean, with all the great TVs here in the sportsbook, and like I said, you're, you're a horse owner, you're a horse handicapper, uh, just like Double B. I know this is, a, this is a, a very big day in the horse racing world, and you can't even make the argument it's probably bigger, you know, then the Kentucky Derby. When you look at the volume of races, how many races, and the purses, uh, purses for all these races, 14 in total, five today and then nine tomorrow.
2: Yeah, and it caps off with the uh, Classic, which is a six million dollar purse. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's you know it's like having nine Super Bowls in one day if you want right. to equivalent you know to football. And uh, for horse racing uh, fans, owners, and just plain
3: bettors, there's no better two days than a Breeders' Cup. So it'd be like uh, an automobile racing. It'd be like the Daytona 500 and Indy 500 times six, right? Yeah. (laughs) There you go. All right, Jay Schrader is going to join us today as well, too. The former quarterback, he's got a Super Bowl ring with the Washington football team back in the day, and of course he is a former Raider himself. Love having Jay on, the 11-year veteran Uh did a great job playing a quarterback, and we love having him on on the program here. Jay spends a lot of time here in Las Vegas, uh, the former UCLA quarterback as well, too. So we'll talk some college football, some NFL, and specifically dive into the Raiders situation with Jay Schrader as well. As we know, the Raiders, a very tough situation with them coming off the bye week and the situation that happened with, uh, with Henry Ruggs. Um, now uh, we get word today that there is a, another lawsuit that's out there Going to be filed against uh, Damon Arnett, um, the defensive back for the Raiders. And he was part of that 2020 class. Actually, he was uh, picked, what, 12 splats uh, right after Henry Ruggs was in that class of 2020. Uh, Arnett um, was actually cited for an accident uh, that he got into with another vehicle going back last year, last October to be specific, Uh, going back into uh, he was uh, turning into the Raiders facility. Apparently, the report says that he was going about 65 miles per hour, uh, hit another car, a a lady was driving, and uh, now uh, she has come out and said, hey, you know, my thing never got resolved. There was like $92,000 of damage to her vehicle, and apparently when this happened last year, Arnett, um, he stayed and talked to police for a while, but said, hey, i got to be late for practice, and he had someone else, a friend of his, Uh, stay on the scene and and, and talk to police. Uh, At the time this got brought up, Arnett uh, denied it. His attorney actually denied that anything happened. Later on he came out and said no, it it, it did happen. He apologized and uh, now I guess in light of what has happened this past week with a a tragic situation where Henry Ruggs uh, was driving 156 miles per hour down Rainbow Boulevard and killed an innocent uh, victim. A lady who was driving her RAV4, her and her dog were killed, and we've been talking a lot about the the story here, Uh, the impact that it's had not just uh, on the Raiders but, uh, you know, people here in Las Vegas, Uh, tragic, horrific news. And so, of course, you know, the comments now are going to be, what is it with the Raiders organization where you have especially two guys in this draft class? Actually, you throw Josh Jacobs in there, another one, who, remember – you know, got into uh, an accident himself at the airport. He drove into the wall at the tunnel after he got off the the plane, the Raiders team flight when they came back from Denver last year. And uh, you know, his blood alcohol uh, limit was was over the limit. It wasn't like Henry Ruggs's, you know, 0. .161. I believe you know Josh Jacobs last year was uh, uh, about 8.0, 8. which is right at the legal limit. But again, you know, when you have these type of stories happening uh, back to back to back and then of course you have the situation with John Gruden 3 plus weeks ago uh, it just it begs the question of, of you know is this an organizational thing or you know does this have something to do with just individuals making bad decisions individuals making
2: bad decisions we're in a city TC that there are cabs and ubers everywhere you look there is no reason for anybody to get into a vehicle intoxicated in this this city you know we're not like we're you know i came from pittsburgh and i lived in you know rural area and you know sometimes you know to find transportation is a different story not here in vegas there's no excuse for that in the street that uh, the incident happened on rainbow that section you know i drive that a lot i mean we all do it, it's a you know I don't know how you get to 156 miles an hour where that occurred at. It's just irresponsibility. And, you know, you've got to start looking. You know, the team, I I know that they have people, you know, when kids are drafted, they talk to them about, because these guys got life-changing money when they come in. And, you know, a lot of them are, I don't want to use the word, but you have to, maybe not mature enough to handle the situation in uh, you know this is a fun town but don't blame it on the town you still have
3: to make your own decisions yeah absolutely just a very tragic uh, situation here and again uh, anytime this happens uh, it's it's horrible to hear but uh, again individuals making bad decisions you know plain and simple we've talked a lot about this uh you know during the course of this week uh, on this show and uh, i know that uh you know, some people like to move on from this, but, again, it is, it is still relevant. And then when you have these, you know, follow-up, you know, incidences that, that happened, you know, even prior to this, and now, you know, more news comes out, um, you know, about a, another raider, you know, being involved in having some legal problems. It's just, it's not a good look, you know, on the organization. But, you know, is this... Mike, Mike Mayock's fault, uh, John Gruden's fault for, for drafting guys like this. And and my point of this matter is there really were no red flags, especially with Henry Ruggs or Josh Jacobs when they were in college at Alabama. You know, Damon Arnett, well, I don't know. You know, don't really know his situation when he was at Ohio State. But the bottom line is there is this sense of entitlement from a lot of these athletes. I mean, and especially coming to Las Vegas, they feel that they're they have entitlement. They're not going to call Ubers. They're not going to uh, you know use the lifts. I mean, this is a guy like Henry Ruggs. He goes, he's showing off his Corvette. Well, I'm fine. I'm going to drive my car. I mean, ridiculous you know logic. And again, it's it, it's it, it it sounds horrible to say, but this is what goes on in a lot of these guys' minds. Obviously, I mean, th- these are horrible choices that they have made. But for people to say, well, it's why did they get an Uber or a Lyft? Because that's not who they think they are. Right. You know, those are the, the right moves. Those are the smart moves. And I'll tell you this, Marco, also. The NFL has a policy in place in every NFL city where they have a ride-sharing program to... Try to avoid situations like this. And they have a number. It's in every one of these athletes' phones where if you feel like you're inebriated or you can't drive, you've had had too much to drink, here's the number. We will take care of this for you. We will send some for you. Every NFL team has this, and every NFL player on a current roster has access to this. But because a lot of these athletes, and not just football, not just these Raiders, but just in all sports, they kind of feel that they're above and beyond that and they, they don't need that and it's wrong but that's the modern day athlete today unfortunately it is and
2: if they don't want to go through what the nfl has set up for them i mean you guys are making good money have yourself a driver you know you these guys i mean i don't want to classify you but a lot of people go out in groups too you know so you have people have somebody that's your driver you have them on a page you want to go out have a good time you know you're entitled to that you know um three AM on you know game week. I don't you know I don't know if that's a good choice to start with to begin with, but if you're gonna do that, have somebody with you. Just don't put yourself in those positions. And as athletes, for me, I'd like to have somebody I would like to have somebody else with me just because you don't want to get in situations where If you get involved in a he said, she said, or whatever situation, you have other people there to document if something happens, if you're out at a bar or whatever.
3: Right. All right, we are live at the Cosmopolitan here today, and Marco was was jumping up and down going crazy, and you heard the crowd behind us here. I I take it you had a winner in that race. Uh, I did
2: have a winner, and I had the exacta, and I'm live to the Daily Double uh, in the next race There, We had number 12 in that race, so I am pretty proud of myself that uh, I didn't scream on the air because... I'm a screamer, not the way you would think. <laughs> it's a racetrack
1: screamer. Right, right,
3: right, right. What was that? Oh, uh, drink, <laughs> Drinks uh, on Marco, everybody? <laughs> Look at the sportsbook. They're going crazy right now. Look at this. <laughs> Chuck, you don't get any drinks back in the studio, unfortunately. I want to get i Also for food, Marco, instead yeah. of uh, drinks. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, again, this is the Super Bowl of horse racing. For horse racing handicappers... This is it, and the Triple Crown races are fantastic. You know, you get those three great marquee Saturdays with the Kentucky Derby, the Preakness Stakes, and the Belmont. You get that, but you know, in November, you know, this first week in November where you get the Breeders' Cup, where you just get race after race after race for you know multi-million dollar purses. Uh, it's fantastic, and uh, and again, you you know, every race is is fantastic, and you've got the best horses in the entire world.
2: Yeah, I'm jealous is, uh, is so jealous of Double B right now because, unfortunately for me, this is the biggest day, and it always happens uh, that first weekend in November for the Breeders' Cup, which happens to be my birthday weekend, and I have never been to a Breeders' Cup because it's in smack dab, the heart of football season, basketball's underway, hockey's underway, and I have to be an adult. I have priorities, and uh, we have got to take care of the sports. But one of these days, I'm going to I'm going to get to uh, you know. Whenever it's either at Santa Anita or Del Mar, they move the Breeders' Cup around every year, and it's it's an event. I you know, there's nothing like it, and you get to see today the beauty of the Friday edition is these are the horses that we're going to see on the three-year-old campaign next year. Uh, trying to get to the Derby or the Kentucky Oaks.
3: That, that's what is so exciting. Mm-hmm. We're seeing tomorrow's stars today. And going back to last year, I remember Hot Rod Charlie at 94-1, yeah. to 1, right? We saw him yeah. in the uh, Finished
2: second to uh, Essential Quality, which that was the the breakout for Essential Quality. Everybody put that horse on the map and Mm -hmm. since then has only lost one race and will be going for $6 million tomorrow. Mm
3: -hmm. All right, let's talk a little bit about the Classic, all right? Uh, $6 million, like Marco said, at Del Mar, and the Classic is the feature race will be the last uh, race on the program uh, tomorrow. Uh, Nick's Go is the favorite. You mentioned essential quality. Uh, he's a second choice at 3-1, to one. Uh, one of two entries from trainer uh, Brad Cox. And then there's also Medina Spirit, who finished a third in the Preakness and then won his next two starts, uh, including one at Del Mar on this very same uh, track. Well, let's talk a little bit about the classic, Marco. I know you've been handicapping it.
2: Yeah, the classic in uh, Medina Spirit, uh, the other part that you uh didn't mention it was the Kentucky Derby winner that. Uh, <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> that, you uh, can finish my sentence for me? Go ahead. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that uh, had the little post race uh, positive uh, oh. in that race, and it still hasn't been resolved. He's been disqualified, but it's still tied up in the courts. What's going to happen tomorrow? And this is the first time that you're going to see three year olds, the good crop of three year olds, Racing against some older horses. Nick's Go's a five year old. There's a couple four year olds in here, and I do believe that the older horses do uh, hold a little bit of an edge in the race. Nick's mm-hmm. Go is going to go to the lead. That's mm-hmm. the only way this horse races. Unfortunately for Medina Spirit, that's the only race that horse, the style that that horse likes to race mm-hmm. as well. And I feel if Medina Spirit does get locked up in a battle with Nick's Go, medina spirit's going to tire and falter in the stretch mm-hmm. um Nick's go will continue on he'll put medina spirit away but then what's going to happen is that second wave of horses which will be hot rod charlie and essential quality is going to come at Nick's go and he's going to have to battle those two horses Nick's go if you've never watched his horse race he just excuse the pun goes and goes and goes he keeps pounding out those 12-second furlongs and just get stronger as the race goes. And I think he'll handle the first two waves of horses that come at him. But I'm going to go for a long shot in the race that's going to be coming late and I think is going to upset the apple cart, so to speak. And that is number nine, Max Player. That is one of the older horses. This horse trained uh, changed trainers. And since Steve Asmussen has gotten the horse, the horse has gotten really, really good. Last two starts, the horse was fantastic. Is peaking at the right time. I think Max Player wins this race. I have Nix go second, the number five horse there. And then number six, another long shot, uh, Art Collector is peaking at the right time as well the only thing is is not getting his regular uh jockey uh his jockey uh is on another horse is committed to drive uh essential quality so he's picking up veteran hall of famer mike smith but i don't want to be no disrespect to mike he's at the the back end of the career for, right. for Mike Smith. Um, I would have rather seen a different jockey on him. And then I round, I round out the field with a number four uh, central quality uh, to hit the board fourth. But I'm going to go with Max Player to pull an upset 8-1 to one morning line.
3: Huh. And I don't blame you going against Knicks Go because just any, any name of a horse <laughs> with the word Knicks in it. I mean, that's <laughs> not a good sign, Marco. As we know, the New York mm-hmm. Knicks haven't won anything in quite some time now. Is Patrick Ewing an owner here? What's, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe I'll get behind the Knicks if, if we got Patrick or something like
2: that. Possibly, yeah, but I'll tell you what. If you ever watch this horse, and the horse is a gorgeous horse. He's one of those gray horses, but he's got that gray with a little bit of black in him, and he is built like a tank. This horse is very muscular. Uh, I love watching him race. I've cashed some nice tickets on Knicks go, uh, and he gives it on. And As far as trainers go right now, uh brad cox has two of them in here uh nicks go in essential quality Mm -hmm. there isn't anybody on the big scene that has been hotter than brad cox on the big if you remember last year he dominated the breeders cup i think he had four uh horses uh either win or hit the uh hit the board last week out of the last year out of the nine races and that's phenomenal uh for one trainer so don't buck, uh, buck Nick's go. Okay. <laughs> right.
3: Listen to Marco D'Angelo. He knows it. All right. The uh, Breeders' Cup, uh, five races today. Uh, it's kind of the futures uh, card today. Yeah. And then uh, tomorrow you've got nine more championship races, 14 in all between today and tomorrow at the beautiful uh, track there at Del Mar. Look forward to the $6 million Breeders' Cup Classic. Tomorrow. All right, a couple other local things we want to touch on this segment before we start diving into handicapping some college football and the NFL this weekend as well too. This is fight week, and uh, Canelo Alvarez. Every time Canelo is in Las Vegas, it gets everyone's attention. Canelo, for me, uh, the best pound for pound fighter in the world and uh, he has taken on caleb plant and this is a a rare unification bout we usually don't see this in boxing where you got four belts on the line and that is going to be the case canelo has three of the belts the ibf super middleweight champion is caleb plant and uh, if you're looking to bet on this fight you're probably going to have to bet it uh, a round prop because Canelo Alvarez is a minus 800 favorite here. Now, when this line opened up, you know, going back a couple months ago, it was like Canelo minus 550, and that's that's kind of doable for me, because I love betting on Canelo, and I'll lay four or five, even sometimes six dollars, but then it just started just going up to seven, 750, 800, and we'll see where this thing lands, and it's because this really is a one-sided fight. And as much as Caleb Plant is, gonna, is talking trash, and they had the face-off there, and in in los angeles a few weeks back where canelo took a swipe at him that kind of created a little bit of hype but when they had the final press conference at the mgm grand uh on wednesday uh the promoters decided no face off here (laughs) because actually caleb plant took a a a shot from canelo with an open hand and and it cut him right below his eye Mm -hmm. and and promoters got a little bit scared saying wait a minute we we can't you know postpone this fight here so no face off Mm uh On Wednesday, but that did not stop Caleb Plant from uh, saying that he was going to take down Canelo Alvarez, but uh, looking forward to the fight tomorrow night Um, we'll have round-by-round coverage on that, you can follow me on Twitter with that at T.C. Martin 21, looking forward to that anytime Canelo fights, it's it's must-see no doubt, but uh, this should be a walk in the park for Canelo Alvarez, even though a lot of people like to say, hey, you know, Caleb Plant might have a shot here, no, uh, Caleb Plant has zero shot in this fight tomorrow
2: yeah, and next to Mayweather, he's the biggest draw we have here at Vegas for a fight, and you talked about the odds, TC. Generally speaking, when you get the public involved on fight day, you're going to see a point where the line will drop before the fight because most people that want to go to the fight and maybe never bet a fight, they walk up to the window and they, they go to place their bet and whenever they hear they got to lay $800 to yep. win $100, <laughs> they don't want to do that. Right. So they're going to just, oh, heck, I'm going to take a shot on the dog. Mm. And then you get a little bit of a drop in the line because mm. there's so many casual bettors throwing a $100 right. bet on the dog. Mm. So if you missed it, the earlier price, wait till you know, a couple hours before the fight. You might see a little dip right. on the price, and you can get Canelo at a discount.
3: Yeah, and you know I was talking about this on a couple other other shows um, you, uh, yesterday about the same thing, and, you know, there's not going to be any sharp money that comes in on Caleb Plant, yeah. and they're going to be recreational bettors, like you're saying. So I don't know how much the line really will drop, and that's what people do. They look for value, and you're right. Traditionally, the dog, uh, the, you know, people bet the dog the night of the fight but usually when you have a good fan base mm-hmm. okay of say like say a british fighter who's coming in or, or that that sort of thing you know then you'll, you'll get that but you're not going to have that you're not going to have people coming in from nashville tennessee to root for kayla plant to really drive that number down so i think for the most part if you're going to bet on the fight people are going to want to look at the round prop here and the under over is nine and a half rounds and that's 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 fair and you could probably still make the case here to maybe bet the over nine and a half because uh, Canelo Alvarez does start off slow, um, and Plant doesn't have any punching power. Plant is 21-0 with uh, only 12 knockouts and has not faced the caliber of competition, of course, that Canelo Alvarez has. So uh, it doesn't have that punching power. So. I think that you could probably make a wager and feel good about going over 9.5 because usually Canelo usually takes over the fight usually in rounds like 5, 6, and 7. And if Plant can hang on until past, you know, the 10th round, you might have yourself a live ticket if you want over 9.5 here.
2: And just hope that Canelo doesn't land that big punch. <laughs> and he could. And, and, he, and he could.
3: It, it just depends. If Caleb Plant has upset Canelo during the course of this promotion yeah. he may take it out on him early <laughs> but I know people love to bet the underdog yeah. and they like to talk about the underdog does he really have a shot and uh, in this case no he, he really doesn't and there's a big UFC fight in, uh not not here in town but there's several watch parties uh you know going uh, you know for that as well too
2: yeah it's you know the fight i mean i remember when i first started coming to vegas back in the early 80s and you know boxing was king and you know through the tyson era and all of you know all the fights out here and we you know we kind of lost that a little bit we're getting it back a little bit but not like it used to be back in the day i don't know how long you've been here tc but you know for me that was fun back in the 80s and
0: 90s
3: yeah like i said i got here in 92 and lived through all those great fights and then then i left here in 99 and then came back here in 2015 uh but you know we are starting to get a lot of great fights i mean the the fury wilder you know fights yeah. were were fantastic and that uh, it it was a great gate it was a great betting handle and uh, again tyson fury you know showed yeah. he was he was the better fighter and we talk about those throngs of people that love to support these fighters like tyson fury coming over from england even though he didn't, couldn't have his British fans come over because of the pandemic right. this time around. But anytime Canelo fights, I mean, uh, the throng of Mexican fans, yeah. you know, coming over here, uh, it, it, it's fantastic as well too. So, but yeah, so boxing is uh, is is back in in a big way. And of course, here coming up in a couple of weeks, our good friend Showtime Sean Porter will be fighting Terrence Crawford for the welterweight championship of the world. So that'll be fantastic as well too. So it we're glad to see that that not only boxing's back, but we're getting packed arenas as well too. So we're looking forward to Canelo Alvarez tomorrow night in front of me. Packed MGM Grand Garden Arena. All right, Marco, I know uh, how closely you follow the Golden Knights and we talked about this yesterday. Real quick, I want to get your opinion on the trade for uh, Alex Tuck is gone, Peyton Krebs is gone, off to Buffalo for Jack Eichel, and I know that uh, you know hockey fans and Vegas Golden Knights fans are pretty excited. They've been wanting to uh, have Jack Eichel here. But, uh, you know, losing Alex Tuck, another fan favorite, one of the original Golden Misfits. When you look at this roster now, it just continues to shrink of those names. And, of course, you get that. This is professional sports. That's the business at hand here. But for a lot of Golden Knights fans, you know, not real happy here. Um, and Jack Eichel is a guy who's injured, currently not playing, that has a herniated disc. Um, he was a number two overall pick by Buffalo going back to 2015. He is in the fourth year of an eight-year contract, uh, paying him $80 million. And, uh, you know, after his surgery, he's expected to to be able to skate in about six weeks. But you're not going to see Jack Eichel, you know, probably until, you know, February at the earliest. Your thoughts about Jack Eichel being a member of the Golden Knights? Well, two quick
2: thoughts. First off, as far as the fan base goes, we're a new sports town. And as you said, a lot of the fan base doesn't understand the economics of the business. And they're attached to that first team. I mean, it was like, you know, they're first born, Vegas born. I mean, these guys here. And uh, so they got to adjust to that. The second part is it kind of sucks that you're not going to see him for six weeks. But think about this. He comes back, as you said, if we get him back in February. And he gets that month to get his legs. And then we head into the playoffs. You're going to have one of the best players in hockey fresh for the playoffs that's going to be huge if you know we're in the position you know, I'm assuming that we're going to be in a position down the road that we are in the playoffs that's going to be a big plus for the team and you will have enough time before the playoffs start to gel because anytime you insert a new player into a lineup there's that adjustment period where everybody you know roles change
3: and they'll have time to adjust to it all right. so I'm excited all right Golden Knights coming off a big win last night in Ottawa. They are expected to win, but again, yeah. this team has been decimated by injuries. This, you know, earlier this week, William Carlson, yeah. he's hit with another injury. I mean, you, I mean, six guys, you know, currently injured. On this roster
2: it 's amazing when you look at the players that are out that they could score any goals at all right now, you know so uh, you know and Robin Leonard you know has played much better in the last few games, but you know that margin for error because they weren't scoring goals, you almost had to have a you know perfect uh, you know performance from your goalie, and you know they 're getting some goals, and Robin Leonard's getting his confidence back, and things are working if they can ho- ride this initial storm of the season uh i think the future's bright for the golden knights all right
3: all right we continue on here at the cosmopolitan of las vegas on this friday we come back we start handicapping the college football card for saturday got a couple games here tonight too we'll touch upon uh, one of those and then of course we take a look at the nfl our best bet segment coming your way next hour we did give you our three best college plays our three best uh, nfl plays Those best bets up on the website at tcmartinshow.com. Check it all out from our esteemed crew. And Jay Schrader, former NFL quarterback, he will be joining us at 3 o'clock as well on this Football Friday live from the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. I
1: do exactly what I want to do. It's It's the the doctor, doctor. T.C. Martin. You say I'm insane? I say thank you very much. The doctor is
3: now in here at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas, the T.C. Martin Show. Of course, streaming live, tcmartinshow.com. If you are a tourist, welcome to the Cosmopolitan. You're a local. And glad to have you back here. Of course, we're here each and every Friday. Marco D'Angelo is in the house with me today. Jay Schrader is going to join us next hour. Trevor Maddich also, as we get ready for our best bet segment coming your way. We'll give you our three best college plays, three best NFL plays for Sunday and Monday as well. Alright, uh, we're here inside the sports book, and it is time for you to open up a William Hill betting account. If you don't have one, it's real easy to do. You know, bet on your phone. And then if you open up a brand new account, use the promo code TC50. You will get a fifty-free dollars in your account. That's right. If you deposit at least 50, boom, they will match it with an additional 50. So it just makes sense. You don't have to fight the long lines at the counter. And, again, if you're just in town, you're a tourist here, you can go ahead, open up the account. Uh, deposit some money and uh, get that bonus in there as well, too. That'll take uh, a, a day or two for you to get that, but then you can cash out when you leave, plain and simple, and you can bet from your phone. The easiest thing to do, use the William Hill mobile app and use that promo code TC50, $53, when you open up a brand-new betting account, and not just here at the Cosmopolitan, but any William Hill sportsbook throughout the great state of Nevada. All right, Marco D'Angelo, we've been having some fun with some football. Mm -hmm. Last night, the the Colts, there was a no-doubter against the Jets, right? Uh, I didn't think there'd be that many points scored. How
2: about the Jets' offense all of a sudden, you know? (laughs) You lose Zach Wilson, and uh,
3: all of a sudden, they're scoring points in bushels. Mm
1: -hmm. All right,
3: let's take a look at uh, the college uh, board here. And uh, we'll go over some games. But before we dive into that, Marco, I want to get your thoughts on the college football playoff rankings that were that came out earlier this week. You got Ugga uh, at the top. You got the Georgia Bulldogs. No argu- no argument uh, there whatsoever. And then, you know, Alabama number two. And I think, you know, I was glad to see that the committee actually used the eyeballs and used the eye test you know, instead of putting another undefeated team up there, Alabama has the one loss. But they, in my opinion, are clearly the second best team. And I can hardly wait for that showdown between Georgia and Alabama that will come in the SEC championship game. Who knows? Maybe it's the the first of two times that they meet. You never yeah. know. But, uh, you know, when you, when you look at uh, the way everything, you know, kind of lined up here, uh, your thoughts, the college football playoff rankings early on.
2: Well, I'm going to make a comment to your opening comment where you said you're glad they went with the eye test and didn't just put another undefeated team up there. My thing is, then are we going to just say that unless you're in one of the Power Five conferences, you're never going to play for the national championship? I I mean, what does Cincinnati have to do to earn a right to play? That's, that's my thing. I think they deserve a, a shot. If you go through the season undefeated and they did play an out of, you know, a non conference game, they went to South Bend. Granted, whether Notre Dame is strong or not this year, I, I think they're a step down. It was, when you scheduled that game, that was a big game. You, you took the challenge and went out of conference on the road. I think they should be rewarded for that. Um, we'll see what happens. Now, Georgia's going to have a big, Uh, dictation on what happens because if georgia beats alabama in the sec championship game and now you have a two loss alabama team even though by the eye test they may be the second best team in the country are you still going to go with the eye test with alabama what do you do then
3: i go with the eye test all at all times and i'll tell you why and i'm a (laughs) proponent of of the non power fives. I mean I was on Central Florida's bandwagon years ago, even going back to you know Boise State and teams like that. But here's what you gotta do to answer to your question. If you're Cincinnati You've got to win, and you've got to win impressively. You can't play the way you played against Navy two weeks ago and win that game 27-20, to 20. and Navy is horrendous this year. And then you face a two-lane team with a one-victory, a one-and-seven two-lane team where you're struggling, and basically you have to add on a couple garbage touchdowns at the end and still not even cover a 26-point spread. I'm not saying that you know it's all about the spread here, but that was a one-score game for a majority of the game, and Cincinnati is not winning impressively and again not saying that you gotta score 50 and 60 but you have to look good in what you're doing and Desmond Ritter is getting all of this hype but he's not living up to that hype he's you know again the game against Notre Dame they they look good that's fine okay but you have to go ahead and just look dominant in these lesser opponents especially when you're talking about one and two win teams yeah. and that's You've set me up for the second part of what my analysis was
2: going to be. Assist me. There you go. Be careful in these final weeks, but you're going to hear the phrase style points over and over again. And we all use it, and it's great for talk radio. um, But you know what? Vegas knows that. And I'm talking about it from a betting standpoint because that's what we are. We're a show talking about betting they are going to inflate the lines on those teams that are sitting right on the cusp on the outside looking in. You're going to pay a price for Cincinnati the rest of the season. You're going to pay a price for Ohio State. And just because they're going to want those so-called style points and run up the score to try to impress the voters uh, doesn't mean they're going to cover those spreads. And so be careful whenever you're automatically doing it. And I think some of the sour taste, Possibly, I know a lot of people were on Cincinnati the last couple weeks because of that reason, and they lost their bets. So, you know, that's going to knock you down a little bit. The old, when you take a hit in the pocketbook, (laughs) that's going to change your view of that team a little bit. And from a sportsman's standpoint, I hate to see a game that's a team's up 21 points and it's in the fourth quarter and it's the final three minutes and see that team that's winning big trying to score i you know why embarrass the other team but that's what we've created with the poll system the way it is
3: right and you know again cincinnati impressive last year uh in you know whether sugar bowl game against georgia and you look at them and so they came into this season with a lot of hype Uh, And, again, you know, they're not playing a very tough schedule. So, like you said, Notre Dame, that was the game that was circled where they had to impress the entire country, and they did that. But I think you just expect a team to play better, and we'll all – Put Oklahoma in there as well too. Oklahoma is nine and zero. Are they are they passing the eye test right now? No, they're not because they're not winning convincingly. They're struggling uh, offensively. You know they've had a quarterback situation. You know uh, there as well too. And the defense is kind of like the Oklahoma defense that we've seen in years past. I mean having to outscore opponents and, and giving up you know thirty five forty points a, a game. So. You know, people wonder why is Oklahoma way down in these in these op- in these first rankings here. And you know, when they're nine and zero, it's because you're not winning impressively. And unfortunately, if we're going to keep this format of only four teams, uh, they're going to get the college football playoff. Then that is part of the scrutiny, and I think that's fair. I can't argue with you. I just
2: I always root for the underdog, and I want to see. That's why I like the basketball, the NCAA, because every team has yeah. a shot. You okay. got a shot to, to win your way. Okay. But, but let me ask you this
3: don't you want to see the four best teams and the most deserved teams instead of you know maybe one of those Cinderellas at the end? Because we've seen the Cinderellas, you know, maybe get there or even get to a major bowl game and then we've seen them, you know, fall flat on their face. We have, and we've also seen the big name school
2: and I hate to pick on Notre Dame and Oklahoma, but how many times have we seen them get yes. steamrolled in it? If I was, if I had my way, okay, let's make it Marco's day. And you rule the way you want to
3: do it. Hey, you want to write? You hit the exact. It okay. is your day. Go okay. ahead.
2: I would make it a six playoff team, and the number one and the number two, because generally every year there's no. There's really not a discussion with 1 and 2. Everybody seems to agree. Where the discussion comes is who's 3, who's 4, and who's the 5 and 6 looking on the outside in. So let's do this. Make it a 16 playoff. 1 and 2 gets the bye. Let the other four teams play that first week and then hook them up against the 1 and 2s the way it would be there. So this way we have a chance to let one of the Cinderella teams that had a special season have their chance mm-hmm. and then do it on the field. That's what I would do mm-hmm. if you let me rule the world for a day.
3: All right. <laughs> I like I've always been a proponent of the eighteen playoff. And I, I think you know it just extends it one more week. You can get that done. And again it just it just takes out any argument whatsoever. And mm-hmm. where people say, Well when you get to send then the, the nine ten, hey if you're if we're talking nine and ten, <laughs> you don't deserve to be in the conversation anyway <laughs> because, you know, outside of you know we go back you know 20 years ago it was one and two only and it was it was a voting thing and then became okay three and four so I'm okay with that but you know again there are so many teams and there is you know so much parity in college football these days as well too so I think you can make a case that if you are number five or you're six seven maybe even eight that you have a legitimate shot of of winning a national championship you do and, again, especially because it is getting deeper and deeper. But uh, that, that's the argument that continues to fall on deaf ears with the with the athletic directors and, t- and presidents of, of our universities. And you think way back when you said it was just
2: one and two. It was one and two, and one and two didn't even play each other. Exactly. Because we had, the you know, the ties to the bowls. You, you know, you couldn't. Right, right. You had one team in the Rose Bowl and one in the Orange Bowl, and then we had to look at them and decide
3: from there. <laughs> Six undefeated teams, Georgia, Cincinnati, Oklahoma, Michigan State, Wake Forest. And we'll throw this one. You like a little Cinderella? Uh, You and knows a little bit about this team. Uh, You know, University of Texas, San Antonio, right? All right. So aside from Georgia, who's the best of the undefeateds? I believe it is Cincinnati. Okay.
2: I've been on Cincinnati's bandwagon, and I know that the last uh, two weeks them having – not one by enough of a margin is, you know, tainted their image, but they've done everything that they're supposed to do. They, they beat everybody in front of them. Let's see what happens uh, after that. The Texas San Antonio team is a fun team to watch, but they haven't played anybody. Right. You want to talk about not playing anybody, but their offense is prolific. Uh, you know, they, they can score on anybody at any point of the field. So, and then Wake Forest, the ACC, come on. Nobody plays defense in the ACC except Clemson, and Clemson has no offense. So, that's why they're not there this year. But, uh, yeah, I would like to see Cincy get their shot. And Ohio State's playing well right now. and You know, what's going to happen uh, if Michigan State runs the table? You know,
3: at some point, you've got to get them into the conversation. I like this Wake Forest team. I, I like them because I love their offense. They can score points at will, but I like the way they score the points. They do it with a lot of misdirection. They've got they've got a great offensive scheme. Defensively, of course, they're not there yet, and they got a big game. Actually, the next three games are big. So they've got they've got North Carolina, who has underperformed, and we'll talk about that game here in a minute. Then they got to play NC State, who is probably the upper echelon of the ACC, and then they got Clemson, and then they have to go to Boston College. So actually, they got they got four games left. And if they, if they can run the table in their 12-0 at the end, I'd say Wake Forest can be one of those teams just because, you know, you talk about Cinderella, but it is a very good football team. It's not like, you know, they're, they're beating up the Tulsa's of the world and the Tulane's of the world. I mean, this is still the ACC. They're down. I get that. But you can only play the people that are scheduled in front of you. But, you know, watching this Wake Forest team, this is a good football team. They're a great offensive team. This week is going to be a fun game to
2: watch. I don't know that they can actually set the over-under high enough on (laughs) on this game because we know they're going to score, and we know North Carolina can go up and down the field. North Carolina is a mirror image defensively of, of Wake Forest. They can't stop anybody. I think if they get past North Carolina this week, the one that could be the problem for them is nc state is sneaky good yep. that is a team that can play some defense they can play ball control and frustrate you and run the football at you and that's how you beat a wake forest is if you can keep that high octane offense on the sidelines for long
3: periods of time north carolina uh, is a two and a half point favorite they are at home they still have Sam Howell, explosive quarterback, but wait for us, has Sam Hartman, their explosive quarterback as well too. Oh, and if you like totals in this one, you talked about, more. (laughs) 77 is your total in this game and if you watched... Wake Forest against Army, you have no problem betting the over yeah. because that game was 70 to 56. Yeah. And one of the teams was running the football all day. That's true. That's <laughs> okay. right. So that chews up some clock. 126 <laughs> points with a service academy. Does that blow your
2: mind? Yeah. yeah. And then that same service academy, I think their total this week is like 37 and a half. Yes. Because <laughs> the they're playing Air Force.
3: Th- yeah. Exactly. Which uh, I actually like aside in that game. Yeah. So we'll, okay. we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. All right. Uh, Real quick, Wake or North Carolina, got an opinion on the game? I don't on a game, but I'm, yeah. I am going to be involved in the over. <laughs> you will be. I like it. Okay, there you go. All right, we got a game tonight. Uh, we got a couple games tonight, but I want to touch on the Pac-12 game with Utah, a nine-point favorite over Stanford. We've seen Stanford be very, very inconsistent. We saw him, you know, just drill USC, which, you know, on the road earlier on the season led to the firing of Clay Helton, but then, uh, you know, Stanford has not been able to to really kind of duplicate that, in uh, Utah... Again, they've had some quarterback issues, but still pretty staunch uh, defensive team. Utah favored by nine in Palo Alto, Marco. Yeah,
2: you know, this Utah team, they were expected to do a lot in the Pac-12 this year. A lot of sharp guys here in town thought they would be the team to come out of the Pac-12 this year. And then they suffered the quarterback injury. They've won four of their last five games, uh, TC. The only game they lost was two weeks ago against Oregon State, and that was a game that I was on Oregon State because it was a bad scheduling spot for Utah. They were coming off that big win against Arizona State, which at the time, that those two teams were deadlocked uh, in the Pac-12, and then they had UCLA on deck. You talked about Stanford causing uh, Clay Helton getting fired. How ironic... You know, David Shaw got him fired. Right now, there's a lot of talk in Stanford that uh, David Shaw might be on. You know, his welcome uh, mat might be pulled there. Uh, it, it's been, you know, you think about the success he's had there, but it's what have you done for me lately? And Stanford's on the brink of missing uh, the bowl games for, what, two or three years in a row now? Mm-hmm. So that doesn't go well. But a home dog on primetime Friday night game. If I had to play this game, I think this line has gotten up a little bit too high. I would take Stanford plus the points. It's not a game that I used tonight. I did use the other game tonight, uh, the Virginia Tech-Boston uh, College game. Right. I'm on Virginia Tech in that game. I think they've played a the much tougher schedule than Boston College. Both teams are sitting at 4-4. Four and four. I think they're the better team there and will get the win on the road.
3: All right, let's talk about uh, a couple marquee games tomorrow. Uh, Ohio State. 14-and-a-half at Nebraska. And this Nebraska team, they play well enough to win until Adrian Martinez becomes Adrian Martinez. Scott Frost is just married to this guy. And uh, then, you know, we have the Buckeyes, you know, earlier on in the, in the season had a lot of questions on the defensive side of the ball. Seems like they've taken care of business. Now, are you willing to lay 14-and-a-half with the Buckeyes at Nebraska?
2: You know, on paper, in the way Nebraska has played the last couple games, it would look like you would, but I, I'm a little bit concerned about Ohio State. They came off that big game last week against Penn State, and really Penn State played them tough. Uh, it was the turnovers that ended up doing uh, doing them in in that game. And speaking of turnovers, you hit the nail on the head with Adrian Martinez. This is a guy that at times this year looked like he did as a freshman. I mean, after that freshman season, there was talk of him being a Heisman candidate, and he never lived up to it. He had some good games early, but the last couple games, again, those key turnovers at inopportune times. Last week, I think they had four turnovers in that Purdue game. They dominated Purdue when they held on to the football. I think for Scott Frost, this might be the last hurrah. Uh, they, They need a signature win down the stretch. Uh, I would look to Nebraska plus the points playing at home in this one. But, you know, I just can't bet Nebraska with confidence with the way they turn the football over. But it's too many points on the road.
3: Michigan State, four-point favorite uh, at Purdue. And Michigan State coming off that huge come-from-behind victory against their arch rival, Michigan, last week. I know the tendency says, you know, hey, this team is going to have a letdown. And you're going into Purdue. And remember, Purdue just a few weeks ago, they beat Iowa and upset out Iowa and that really started the downward spiral for for the Hawkeyes at this point in time so do you think Purdue can muster up uh, another upset here and do you think Michigan State is going to be a little bit flat especially early on in this game yeah this is one where you could maybe split your bet up
2: two ways and again great segue start the game flat because they were dead in the water and uh I finally, uh, one of my best friends, uh, one of my business partners is a big Michigan alum, and I sent him the congratulations tweet a little early last week uh, on that game with Michigan and uh, mushed him <laughs> with the Michigan in that game. He wasn't happy about it, and uh, they came back from 16 points down. That's their biggest rival we talk about you know Michigan Michigan State yeah it's a rivalry but it's more of a one-sided rivalry it's bigger to the Michigan State because Michigan of course has Ohio State is their big rivalry if they come out flat I would take a shot with Purdue in the first half and I would take Purdue for the full game because for Michigan State to rebound and come back after that game the way it went and they got to be you know I always use the phrase fat and sassy after a big win like that. Purdue has shown this year that they can, when they play well and don't turn the football over, they can play with anybody. We saw that against Iowa. Now, the difference with Iowa is their offense is a little bit handcuffed. They're, they're not an explosive offense, where Michigan State has a little more offensive power. But this is a total bad scheduling spot for Michigan State. For me, it's Purdue or pass. It's not a game I gave to my clients, though.
3: There aren't any top ten matchups this week, but we've got like a 13-14 a going against each other in the SEC. It'll be your, your main game at twelve thirty on CBS, and that's Auburn at Texas AM and the Aggies a four and a half point choice in this game. You got a thought? I lean to the Aggies
2: minus the four and a half, and I know the knee-jerk reaction when you look at this game and seeing what Auburn has done this year, with the you know, the exception of losing to Georgia, which is <laughs> we give anybody a free pass when it, you know, against Georgia. Right. They have played well. They went to Penn State and only lost by eight. Now, I know a lot of people are going to say, well, Penn State hasn't looked so good the last couple of weeks. They haven't been the same since yeah. uh, Clifford got Hart uh, uh, quarterback. But remember, when Auburn went, that was early in the season and that was Penn State's whiteout game. That is tough to go on the road there and win. They also went on the road And I know LSU's down, but that is still a tough place to go in and win on a Saturday night at LSU, and they did that. Uh, But I just think Texas A&M has a little more firepower than Auburn does. And what I like about Texas A&M is after they played Alabama, they had every right to come up with a clunker. Mm -hmm. Granted, they played two of the lower echelon in the SEC, but they didn't miss a beat. They they played well and that shows me you know that goes to the coaching and i think texas a&m survives and wins by seven all
3: right all right love that we'll uh, touch on that uh, next hour in our, our best bet segment as well any other real quick marco outside of your best bets which we'll get to next hour on the college side that uh, you contemplated
2: yeah there's uh, some nice situations uh one of them is uh, SMU at Memphis. Memphis, I like to use the old, I call it the dream crusher uh, theory. SMU was undefeated until last week. They lost that tough game against Houston where they battled back and tied it and then lose on the ensuing kickoff return, you know, in the final minute of the game. That's got to be gut-wrenching for them. And now they got to go on the road and play a team, Memphis, that can score a lot of points. Their defense is not good, but they're getting four and a half at home. And we've seen that game. The Sharps are betting Memphis. That line has come down all throughout the week, and we talk mm-hmm. about it all the time. When you're seeing a line moving early in the week, that's not John Q. Public betting, right. especially <laughs> when it's the dog, okay?
3: <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Memphis just missed, uh, you know, being a best bet. All right. There it is. See, people in the sports book here taking their notes. There it is. And there will be plenty. More in store around mm-hmm. your door. More of what you're looking for coming <laughs> next hour, too, as we get into our best bets situation all right look forward to that we are live at the cosmopolitan here on this friday a football friday it's also fight weekend like we talked about canelo alvarez taking on caleb plant tomorrow night at the mgm grand it's breeders cup right now so if you hear marco just jump out of his seat and start screaming you understand that you know we're smack dab in the middle of the breeders cup as we speak here Jay Schrader, the quarterback, my man, he is in the house. He is going to join us coming up after the break as well, too, as we start talking NFL and a whole lot more coming your way. We are live from the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. It is the T.C. Barton Show on a fabulous football Friday.
1: he keep it. He dies for the end zone. He's got a touchdown! Kansas City in one of the greatest comebacks in Chiefs Kingdom history. And it's time! Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Car out of the shotgun. Looks left. There's a live for Michael Crouch. He caught it! He caught it! He caught it! The Raiders have the lead! 35-34! It's the T.C. Martin Show.
3: Sweet revenge for Michael Crabtree. It's
1: time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. I needed that. Starting to feel like football now. Hey, that was a good start. Hey, that was a good start. We're going to finish for you, all right? The doctor is now
3: in. Hour number two here on this Friday, live from the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. No better place to be than the Cosmopolitan, whether it's gaming, it's food, it's the sports book here, powered by William Hill. Uh, You got to love the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas, and of course, the entertainment up at the Chelsea as well, too. All kinds of great stuff here. Get over to Block 16, enjoy the food, the grab and go up there. Of course, the fantastic restaurants up on the third floor, STK, Blue Ribbon, Zuma, uh, a lot of my personal favorites there. I,
0: I was going to say, I, <laughs> I see I see pictures of the big burgers oh. and, and everything else. I'm like, what's going on? You, you, you know you what's going come, on? You come here to eat. This is true. And, and this is just a side game. Yeah, you, you took the words <laughs> right out of my mouth. See?
3: I have, I have been uh, figured
0: out here. Yeah, yeah. No
3: that, that voice is one of Jay Schrader, our very good friend, the former quarterback, the former Raider, the former Redskin. That's right, I said it, because you were a Redskin back in the day. He's got the Super Bowl ring. The bling is in the house here today. 11-year. <laughs> veteran of the NFL with the huge hands, and you should see this guy not only throw a football, throw the t-shirts. Come out to the Aces game, and my man is firing them up in the upper deck of the man to lay back.
0: Hey, those those folks pay good money to sit up there. They ought to get a free t-shirt. So.
1: And,
3: and I'm with you with that. And I get sick and tired of when you know, they pass out t-shirts and they do this thing and they give them to the people in the front row.
0: Yeah, They, they, they can afford it, right? You know? Row, yeah. So I
3: spent, you probably know this, but I, I went to the two World Series games yeah, I saw in, that. in Houston. I, and I saw how could I not see <laughs> that? You had <laughs> it all over everyone. Okay. Anyway, but here's my point where I'm going with this is that the Astros they they have their girls throwing out the baseballs and T-shirts, right? And horrible form. I mean, you know, again, they're you know, throwing up the wrong foot. They can't get it past the third or fourth row. They're standing on the dugout, yeah. right? That's it's like, terrible. come on. I mean, let's get the gun. Let's shoot it up to the upper deck. Call my man Jay Schrader. <laughs> then he'll fire it up there. I mean, come on. You got a little baseball background in, with it, you. Yeah,
0: yeah, I got four years of baseball. That's so, right. So, uh, yeah, you got to get it up to that the always people. irritates
3: me. That You know, like, no, I don't yeah, give it I to those it
0: people. I was firing it all over. I, yeah. I, sl- I slung one across the court and almost took out Mark. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> he you was did. like, dang. <laughs> uh, so,
3: you know, and i got to be careful. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. I think, you know, uh, we had you on and Mark Davis at halftime. Yep. We had you on, and Mark wanted to sign you to another free agent contract. He what? said, you, you still got something left in the I, tank. I'm ready to go. They can't hit you anymore, so right, I can right. go
0: back, <laughs> you know. I, I, I'm i not sure what my surgeons would say about that, and considering I got rods and screws and pins. Oh, yeah. and, you know, I'm I'm sure they wouldn't be too yeah. happy, but, you know,
3: hey, I'd give it a shot. There you go. All right, he is Jay Schrader. He's in the house uh, today. Uh, Marco D'Angelo, of course, uh, here from Wager Talk. So uh, we're breaking it down for you. We talked a little college football last hour. Let's talk a little NFL. And, of course, Jay, when I have you here, I want to talk uh, Raiders. And, uh, and, of course, it's been a, a crazy week for the Raiders. They're coming off that bye week, uh, playing some very, very good football. And, of course, you know, the John Gruden situation You know that happened three weeks ago. I think you and I, we talked briefly no. a, about that. But, uh how difficult is this, you know, from a football perspective that you're coming off the bye week, you have this tragedy with, you know, one of your top wide receivers in, in Henry Ruggs, uh, just, just tragic, horrific, uh, horrible decision by, by Henry Ruggs, and uh, now you got to get ready to play a football game, and you have to answer all these questions, and you got to go back east to play the Giants.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's been an emotional roller coaster. Um, physically, the guys will be okay, but the question is... Emotionally and that energy level, is that going to be there? I mean, they've been through a lot okay between you know three weeks ago with their coach and everything that came out with that and now with rugs and this situation that's that's heartbreaking mm-hmm. you know I mean this is a guy that's in your locker room he's a brother of yours you you know you live and die with them and, and your heart goes out for him you know you, your heart goes out for the family you know that's affected mm-hmm. by this it's not a good situation at all mm-hmm. and these guys now have to go out and find a way to get excited about playing football mm-hmm. and we'll see how They do because you know New York can come up and bite them. Mm -hmm. You know, they've played some good football in stretches. And uh, should they win the game? Should the Raiders win the game? Yeah, they should. But here again, you've got to travel all the way across the country and you've had all this turmoil go on. You've got to be ready to go. So we'll see what happens.
3: Raiders getting ready for the Giants on Sunday. When you were playing, did you have any experiences like this where? either it was a tragedy or something else like this uh, and how and how did that uh reflect in your locker room had
0: safety stacy turan pass away that's right yeah so yeah it's it's tough i mean you Mm -hmm. talk you talk about a tough week is you have a teammate pass away and then you go to the funeral and two days later you got to suit up and play Mm -hmm. that that's a tough week Mm uh you know this guy that that was loved by everybody on the team and uh yeah you, you got to try to find a way to fight through it and you know practices you kind of just go through the motion mm-hmm. and you hope that by the time the game comes around you can kick it up and uh, do you remember get, how,
3: how how did you guys perform you know, without, i do i do not
0: remember how yeah. we did mm-hmm. i just know it was it was a long there was a long couple of weeks cuz you don't mm-hmm. just get over it cuz mm-hmm. you're like who's going to replace them you know how are we going to fill that void and, you know there's a lot of things that go into it not mm-hmm. only missing his personality because you'll be in the locker room you know there's all these times you'll walk in the locker room and you walk by a locker that's not there anymore right and right. you you know yeah. you're used to saying a joke or saying something you know and that guy's not there yeah. and, it, and it's not because he got traded that's part of the game right we all understand that it's right. because he's no longer able to do it
3: and usually somebody else is taking over that other guy's yeah. locker too if it's a trade and, that, or and something that's like awkward that. too yeah that, sure.
0: you know the first few days that's yeah. awkward because yeah. you're like Dude, you know whose locker you're in. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, so that uh, so, so yeah, it's emotionally tough.
3: Right. What's your uh, thought about the Raiders on the field, what we've seen in the first half?
0: I think they've played exceptionally well. You know, I've been very, very happy uh, with the way the defense has played. There were questions coming in was how is the defensive backfield gonna you know, gonna mm-hmm. perform and they're getting helped out by by the pass rush. You know, you you can't cover people in this league. Because of the rules and the way the game is, it's impossible to play defensive back. The only chance you have is the guys up front pressure the quarterback and make them get rid of the football. Mm-hmm. So far they've done that, and that's helped the guys on the back end. So that's been good. The offense has been good for two and a half years. Yeah. You know, they've really been on a roll for about two and a half years. Uh, Derek's played exceptionally well. You know, they've had these pieces again now. Now they lose the deep threat. Mm. Now how do you rebound? Who steps into that? Yeah. You know, because that was part of the overall offensive screen scheme is that guy's going to go deep at yeah. some point in time, and it could be this play. Yeah. You know, and nobody knew that. So who steps into that role?
3: We've only had two games since uh, you know John Gruden was dismissed. Uh, Have you noticed anything offensively, schematically, or anything that the Raiders are doing different, or is just everything pretty much the same?
0: Well, the first two games were pretty much the same because you don't have much time to change it. Now they've had the bye week, Mm. and they've had two games for coaches to step into new roles, the play callers and everything else, and who's getting this. So uh, we'll see. What I did like is what I thought, and it just could be me, I thought there was a little more play action which I think is going to help them because they got to get that running game. The running game has got to get going for them to get anywhere in the playoffs not only get to the playoffs, they got to get it uh, get that running game going.
3: Give me your thoughts as the Raiders travel to New Jersey to take on uh, the Giants, and the Giants uh, gave a great account for themselves last Mm -hmm. weekend against the Chiefs. You can make the argument that they should have won the game, and they played well enough to win. Uh, So let's talk about the Giants, and then I want to come back and talk about Daniel Jones.
0: Well, I think overall the Giants – is an interesting team because if they get the run game going, you're not going to have a lot of offensive pos- possessions. So you got to make them count, right? You know, you've got to you've got to match their drives with your drives, and you got to score touchdowns. If if you get into the red zone with a team like the Giants, you know the way they've been playing, and you kick field goals the first three times, mm-hmm. you look up and you think, and you go, "Are we losing our edge? Because we got to get it in the end zone." And that's how you put these teams away. you got to get the ball in the end zone. You can't just kick a field goal because kicking a field goal is a victory for them.
3: All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, speaking of you know, the Raiders offense, uh, last time I saw Greg Olson, you know where that was? Right upstairs over here at Blue Ribbon, having oh, yeah. food. There it
0: was. I had to throw it yeah, we go. There. Back, back to the food again. I yeah. had to
3: go. Back had to throw food. it, you know, because I can't get we're off all, of that. We here, almost it? made it five uh, minutes. Yeah, almost, almost. Almost. That's okay. Hey, we're going to have some food here. You let yeah. me know when you're ready <laughs> to have some food. Next time you come back, you know. Yeah. Jay Schrader's in the house. Let's talk about uh, the NFL. We're, we're, first of all, Raiders, Giants, you like the Raiders this week? I do, I do like the Raiders. Raiders uh, favored by three on the road.
0: Yeah, and, that, and I think that's a good number. I think mm. it's going to be a close game because of everything thing that we talked about okay i think it's going to be a close game and i think the the giants are playing better football and you're going to have to play it close to the vest now again one or two turnovers is going to swing the game you know somebody somebody's only got to go 30 yards to score that's a big difference in the nfl so uh turnovers and time of possession i think are going to be key this week
3: all right marco what do you think here i know some people think you have a live dog here with the giants uh because they did play you know you know well uh, actually, they spanked Carolina the week before, 25 to three. It seems like Daniel Jones is coming around, and uh, it's it's a short week for them. But again, you, you got a team traveling cross country that you know could have uh, some emotional issues as well too.
2: Obviously, I do like the Raiders. I like going against teams like the Giants that were a big underdog and had that almost game, game. where they almost won. I like to go against them, and I'll say this about the Raiders. There were three games this year where they had a reason to not show up. That was the game after the Monday night game. They went to Pittsburgh, beat my Steelers. The week that Gruden got dismissed, they went to Denver and showed up. And then really... The one that impressed me the most was the last game against Philly because you had that initial surge winning for the new coach, and they didn't have the letdown after that. That shows me that maybe this team, with everything that's gone on, it's going to be us-against-the-world type mentality, and sometimes you can ride that. I've never played sports, but you know when you get on that role and it bonds the team, I'm not stepping in front of it. Well, you make a good point in that Philly game because the
0: first quarter offensively wasn't where they wanted to be, you know. The, yeah. But the next three quarters, they turned it on. Right. And I was I was impressed because I thought it would take them longer, yeah. you know, for everybody to figure out who's doing what, how it's going to flow. Uh, I give a lot of credit to Derek in that situation because, you know, when it comes down to it, you got all these voices talking to everybody on the sidelines, one guy's talking in your helmet, and you finally, as a quarterback, you got to go, hey, We're going. And what you have to do at that point is you have to step in the huddle, and with authority, you've got to call the play. Hey, here's what we're going to do. We're going to make this work. Even though it may not be the greatest play for that situation, you're like, hey, Let's go. This is what we're going to run. Let's get it. Yeah. And uh, that, I was impressed with the way they did that. They're feeling good.
3: All right. We talked about the Chiefs who, you know, came from behind and got that victory against the Giants on Monday night. Now they're playing the Packers without Aaron Rodgers. And, of course, that situation has been crazy with Rodgers saying that uh, – uh, you know, we find out that he's he's not vaccinated so therefore uh he contacts covid we, he's out it, for 10
0: days Have we figured out what i'm immunized meant yet <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly so what, my, i mean my, everybody's uh, trying to define that word yeah. right now we don't know yeah. what it
3: means so i guess you know <laughs> what it was he 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 took a shot you know i guess with of the antibodies is is what he was saying and uh again he he said he's not an anti vaxxer but he goes he's pretty adamant we got no one is going to tell me when to take my shot what uh, what you're going to you know. put in me and all that sort of thing but again it, it's just it's who he is it's you know it, he's he's a selfish guy and he's coming across selfish and he came out you know earlier today with some audio you know basically saying listen no one's going to tell me what to do you know i marched to the beat of my own drum so he's he's owning that but being a teammate and being the face of that franchise as well I mean, you got to, you know, you know, take some accountability and some responsibility here, don't
0: you? You do, but see, he's been doing this for so long that guys are like, it's Aaron, you right. know, he's right. and on the other flip side, he's kind of earned it. Mm -hmm. You know, which is which is the other aspect on the other side. And I can't argue with him not taking the vaccination. Nobody knows what's going to happen in three, five years. We just don't. It's an individual choice. It's it's an individual choice. And my thing is, you know, everybody's you know, they're telling everybody to get vaccinated in three to five years. You start developing some issues. Who's going to take accountability then? Mm -hmm. Right. So you're asking us to be accountable as a player to take this shot. But eventually, if something goes wrong, who's going to be accountable? Mm-hmm. And nobody's going to take that bullet. Yep. Nobody, you know, everybody's going to dodge mm-hmm. that one. So it is an individual choice. It's it's unfortunate it's happened. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't blame him for what he said or what he's done. Case in point, you got to go play. You, yeah. You've got, you know, 53 guys that have to go play in a football game, and you got to find a way to win the game.
3: That's it. And Jordan Love will be taking the snaps at quarterback and facing this Chiefs team that has really uh, struggled, and they struggled for a majority of the game. Chiefs are favored by 7.5. Opinion here, Marco?
2: I'm going with uh, Green Bay, and we talk about it all the time. I, I say the injured player theory where the team that has the injury, you're getting the benefit because the market's over-adjusted. We talk about that all the time. But just look at what has happened so far this year. Seattle loses Russell Wilson. Seattle covers against Pittsburgh. First game without Russell Wilson. Last week, Cooper Rush has a great game against uh, Minnesota. We saw Mike White. Who
3: even knew who Mike White was? <laughs> was he a coach at Cal back in the day? <laughs> yeah, back in the day.
2: He was, he was my quarterback coach. There you like, go. Uh,
0: <laughs> wait, wait. I think that was a little older <laughs> yeah. for yeah. Mike White. Yeah.
2: Same name. Good guy, by the way. Very good guy. We see it time and time again. The, yeah. These guys step up and do it. in Kansas City. You know, we've known all along their defense is bad. The question I have is, what's wrong with the offense the last two weeks? Tennessee held them to three points. Mm-hmm. And then they only scored 20 at home on Monday Night Football against the Giants. And the Giants have a better defense than Tennessee. But still, you got concerns. I think seven and a half is too many points. You know, I, I tend to agree
0: with you, Mark. You? I, I really do. I think Green Bay is going to play a, a good game. My concern with Kansas City, you know, in the long run, football evens out. And for two years Kansas City was throwing up balls and doing things and you were like, Man, how because sometimes that's gonna bite you. Well it's biting them. Right. They're they're getting bit in the rear end this year. Uh, the things that you know they normally do, you know, come back. I haven't seen Tyreek Hill drop this many passes or had this many passes go through his hands in, in years, right? And you know, so it's just one of those freak things. But here again, if they can get it turned around, they've got talent coming out of every, you know, every possible way you can. I mean, that's what they've done over two years. So, um, but I think this week, I think the Packers are going to go in. I think they're going to run the ball. I think you'll see Jordan Love rolling out, and using half the field so he doesn't have to read the whole field. I think they'll move him out, and it's you know, it's going to be one two three or one two and kid take off. You mm-hmm. know, because that's what he's going to do. And
2: there's no film on Jordan Luck. Right, when right. you're a defensive coordinator.
0: Let's and go and back to
3: Utah U- State Mountain West footage, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, let's burn that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but that's it, an advantage. It, it didn't look good when he was there, yeah. so I'm yeah. telling you. Not the last year. His stock declined Right, the, the last, yeah, last year. I mean, right. Right. yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah. All right, so we'll see what happens here. The Chiefs a seven and a half point favorite. Like you said, the line really ballooned up when uh, word got out that uh, it was basically a six point swing when uh, when Aaron Rodgers it uh, was determined he was not going to be able to play. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Cleveland Browns. They're another mess. Okay, <laughs> Hotel Beckham. Uh, you know, d- dad comes out and says, hey, decides to go Telestrator on us. He you know, goes on Instagram, social medias. You know, look at my son was open here. You're not throwing the ball, this and that. And what does his son do? He says, okay, I got you, pops. I'm not showing up. Does not show up for one practice this week. No explanation. Kevin Stefanski, their head coach, was asked, uh, Have you talked to OBJ? And he goes, no, I haven't talked to him. How how does that happen, Jay? The the head coach is not talking to, it doesn't matter if it's a a star player, just any player. How are you not talking to this guy to find out what's going on? And now we find out today, hours before we come on the air to do the show, the Cleveland Browns, I think I have the statement here. I'll read it for Uh, from Andrew Berry, their general manager. After careful consideration, internal discussions, and conversations with Odell and his representation, we've determined that it is in the best interest for all parties involved that Odell no longer play for the Cleveland Browns. We appreciate all of his efforts, his contributions while in Cleveland, but we've just reached a point where it is best for us to move forward as a team without Odell.
0: That's an interesting statement because it doesn't say if they reworked his contract Mm -hmm. because the problem is somebody's got to pick up that contract and it's pretty heavy Mm -hmm. okay for for somebody that's had an attitude off the field and injuries on the field that's a pretty heavy heavy pickup Mm -hmm. you know even though you may need help if he's healthy he's a phenomenal player okay but the question is a is he healthy and b does he really want to play Right. That's that's the question I get when right. when you get into these wars like that. I always question: Does the, is the player really want to play? I mean, what what does it come down to? Right. You know, and uh, it's it's an ugly mess in Cleveland. Do you have any notes over there of positive things going on? Because everything's been negative. I mean, we tell, get, tell you, you what, <laughs> if you got something, let me know because <laughs> so I'd love to talk about it. You know,
2: <laughs> but Jay, for a situation like that, for us on the outside that talk about sports and we haven't played it. We always use that phrase, he was a cancer in the locker room, yeah. you know. Is that a distraction when you do have a player like that? I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I had Le'Veon Bell. I had Antonio Brown. I had all of the, the cancers in a locker room that you could have. Well, how, how hard is that? Th- this is a cancer, and this is a distraction,
0: because he went directly after the quarterback, yeah. okay, and that's an issue. Um, you know, when it's, when it's the defensive lineman and, you know, those things kind of go by the wayside not that they're not important but what happens is you're now affecting a guy that has been touted as you know one of these guys that should be taken to the next step and he hasn't okay and he i'm sorry baker mayfield just hasn't gotten to the level that everybody thought he should so now this is another add-on another weight on his shoulders to go out and try to perform and uh, it's, it's not a good situation at all. It really isn't. And to hear the head coach go, I haven't talked to the guy. That, that should be your first phone call, you know, on Wednesday when he, mm-hmm. he's not showing up. I mean, right. I'd have somebody bring me a phone on the field and go, Where are you? What's going on? You know, and look, you need to come in. We need to talk about this. That's got, and it just hasn't
3: happened. And, and you know, for me, the disturbing thing is. When the Henry Ruggs situation happened this week, and then people started like, "Okay, we got to start talking about football. How are you going to replace Henry Ruggs?" And I'm saying, "Well, you got Zay Jones right there, okay? Yeah. And you 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 got people." And immediately people are going, "Well, what about Odell Beckham?" Now the first thing that we see today, when this news came out, uh, I'm watching Sports Center today. Raiders, could they be a match for Odell Beckham Jr.? <laughs> Give me some thoughts as, as no. you hear that. Exactly,
0: right? No, no, no. That's see, that's all the outsiders that see the big plays that Odell has made. Right. Okay, um, the guys that have to control the locker room, be in the locker room. At this point in time, when you when you're on a roll like the Raiders are, you, you don't want to disrupt that. You want to take somebody from within and get them. You're right. Jones has made some big plays. Yeah. Um, it's time to put, you know, as I would tell him. I said, hey, time to put on the big boy pants. That's it. Next you know, man up, right? Time yeah. to put on your big boy pants because yeah. you're now going to be the guy instead of just a guy that comes in and makes the play. You're going to be the guy.
3: With all the controversy that's happening in that locker room now there in Cleveland, they're playing the Cincinnati Bengals who come off a lackluster performance last week. I mean, go, go figure that. And here people are th- starting to think, okay, Joe Burrow, the Cincinnati team, man, the, you know, they, they've turned the corner. Now, now they could be the class of the AFC North. What do we think here, Cleveland and Cincinnati this week? Well, I like
2: Cleveland to get the job done. I did go against Cincinnati last week because of the spot they were in. They were coming off of the Baltimore game and had Cleveland on deck. And, oh, who's in the middle? <laughs> the Jets. It's easy yeah. to look past that team. Cleveland needs this game. Uh, yeah. Cleveland can't afford another loss. They took a very tough loss last mm-hmm. week to the Steelers, which was a big revenge game for the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, that's, I say that that playoff loss last year is the only reason the uh, Ben came back this year. Mm-hmm. He, he couldn't have that be his last right. game. Yeah. And uh, so – I look for Cleveland to bounce back. I think it's a, you know a sub addition by subtraction, taking Beckham out off the team, and I think the team's going to rally around it. Well, I think I think the team
0: overall is going to have a better attitude. I think Cincinnati's going to win. Okay, yeah. I really do. Yeah. I think Cincinnati's going to win. I think Cincinnati's one of those teams that is a fickle team that if you let them stay around in the game, they're going to get you. Um, I, I believe in their young guys. They got some guys that can play, and they're just learning how to play the game on a consistent basis. Cincinnati, to me, is where the Raiders were a year, year and a half ago, trying to get these young guys, getting more young guys in, and throwing them into the fire and say, "Hey, it's baptism by fire," and you're seeing the fruit of that pay off now. You got some guys uh, in there, so I like Cincinnati this week yeah, to, to I beat Cleveland. You. I just think Cleveland's got way too much going on.
3: So I love, you know, seeing Jay, like, shake his head and you know, all this stuff. <laughs> so I, got, I got another one for him right here. Oh, wow, geez, watch, here we go. Watch watch this, Marco. <laughs> Kirk Cousins. Oh, my. <laughs> what, what did we watch last oh, week oh. Minnesota against Dallas? First drive, he leads him down the field, 75-yard drive. Fourth quarter, second half, this guy is the old Kirk Cousins again. They're playing Baltimore this week. Jay, please get get in this quarterback head head. What's going on with this guy? I can't I can't stand watching him anymore.
0: This is uh, <laughs> Kurt. Kurt's a friend of mine. Sorry, uh, Michael. No, Sorry. Uh, Kurt. Kurt took over my record when he was in washington i had this is true I, think, I had the most yards for a number of years and kurt did it and i texted him right away after the game and everything wow. else and you know so we've kind of kept in contact but yeah. boy he's a fickle player on the football field he really yeah. is you know he's up and down and all around and you know he'll come out like you know you see in these games he he makes three throws and you're like this is going to be a good game and then the next three throws you're like Who's who's in Kurt's jersey? Right, because it's a different guy. Um, I just I don't get it. Um, he's had a lot of success, except when it
2: comes to winning big games. Yeah. The mm-hmm. primetime games is it's the been amazing yeah. the Sunday night, Monday Sunday night, game, that's Monday a, night games. That's a real
3: thing. It's a real yeah. stat. You know, I tried yeah. to dismiss that last week, but you know, th- it is a real it, thing, isn't it? You know, and y- you realize
0: uh, a Sunday night game or a Monday night game, you're the only show in town and your peers are watching. And you know, I don't know if he tries to put too much on himself when he gets into those games or whatever, but uh, it hasn't been good to this point. So, uh, I think, you know, mm-hmm. Playing Baltimore—that's a tough team to prepare against, anyway. Yeah, I mean they just, you know. So I, I like Baltimore in that
2: game this week. Coming off a of spanking too, Baltimore's yeah. going to be in a, you know, yeah. extra week to prepare off of a humiliating loss to Cincinnati. Yeah. Harbaugh yeah. will have them ready to play. Yeah, yeah. I want no part of Minnesota.
3: All right, yeah. all right, Jay. Before we let you go, uh, give me, give me a game that you like here. You got, you got a game or two on the NFL side that piques you uh, you your interest a little bit. Every,
0: You're going to be watching. You know, I've been sitting here watching the NFL, and every week. You know, I, I pick my games, and then every week there's two games when I go, how did that happen? Right. <laughs> right? Okay, Like the Jets last night? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> really? The Jets scored 35 last night? Really? <laughs> I get, and I'm like, and then they have both, you know, they have the Colts score 40. Yeah. I'm like, those two teams are in that game? Uh, so you never really know. But, you know, there's a couple of games that I like. I think the 49er-Cardinal game mm-hmm. is going to be an interesting game. Because I think this is the time for the 49ers to go, we can get ourselves back into this and we can make a statement. Uh Uh, And the Cardinals, obviously, are coming off their first loss and, you know, want to bounce back. So I think they're a little vulnerable. So I like that game. Uh, We already talked about the Browns and the Bengals. I like, you know, Mm -hmm. the Bengals in that one. Ah. The other ones aren't too the Chargers. What what happened to the Chargers
3: last week? Well happened I mean, to the Chargers the last two weeks. Yeah. I mean the Baltimore and, and, and Justin Herbert looked terrible. Yeah. And then he came back home and he looked just as bad and last week. Right. And up until
0: then he's, he's looked, looked spectacular. Right. He's looked, he looks yeah. like he's the guy that's gonna go to the Pro Bowl for yeah. multiple years in the last two weeks. So it's tough to be consistent in this in that league at any time. Uh, but uh, you know, the Chargers you do, know, do you think
3: defensive been? coordinators have maybe spotted something with him and figured him out? Because, you know, again, you know, in your first year, you can yeah. you get by with a lot of stuff. But to look as bad as he's
1: looked, especially recently.
0: Well, well, here's the thing. And here's the thing that's happened with Kansas City, too, is Kansas City, anybody that plays Kansas City realizes this. We're not going to give you that home run ball anymore to get for you to get excited. Okay, and you've got to find a way to be patient and be good enough to move the ball down the field, taking five, six, seven yards Mm -hmm. at a time. And they can do it. They've got tremendous talent. They can do it. But it's the mental adjustment because, you know, you got a guy in Patrick Mahomes that wants to sling it. You got a guy in Justin Haber that wants to sling it. And he's like, I want to throw it down the field. You know, it's not like back in the day. We forced it down the field. Mm. Okay, I mean, we we literally, you know, Al Davis told me, you're going to throw it down the field ten times. Right. <laughs> Just for no other reason than we're going to throw it down the field. Mm. And, you know, when we when we get those things called, you got to take a shot. Mm. And, you know, there was times when you literally you overthrow the guy on purpose because you're throwing in the double coverage. But mm. what it does is, all of a sudden, now it takes those two guys mm. out. Okay, now they're going to be back there. Now you have to readjust your sights and play underneath. Right. Uh, so that's what these teams are going through it's the mid-season adjustments they all have to go through all
3: right he is Jay Schrader the former quarterback and uh, Raider alumni once a Raider always a Raider I love it that you uh, when you come by you're, you're sporting the bling too of his uh, I did bring the Super Bowl for you. ring from Washington. Beautiful. Yeah. I like it, man. I like it. All right. So, uh, our compadre, your UCLA brother Double B, he's at Del Mar right now for the Breeders' Cup. So, on, on your way out today, uh, his horse is racing uh, coming up at 410. He's, okay. a, he's a 30 to 1 shot. Ooh. So you know. <laughs> well,
0: well, in other words, if he wins, he's buying us all dinner when he comes. There's to no dinner. question about that. Yeah. <laughs> You know no what? question. He's his
3: dinner regardless.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: he knows that. It's right? right, okay. okay with okay, that. I'll be, wait- I'll be waiting for that text. Hey, dinner is at such such. Yeah. I'm good. But see, here's the thing. If we don't bet this horse, I'm going to hear, oh, yeah, oh yeah. so, I, you know, I, I feel like I got to bet it. You know what I'm saying? Because this happened to me one other time when he gave me a horse, and it was 60 to 1. And I was going to do my show, and the the place I was doing it, the um, – Uh, They didn't have a sports book, so I had to go... Run across a property to go get it. And by the time what happened, yeah. I got shut out, right? Uh, yeah. And of course, I get this text from him. It's like, you know, hip hip hooray, you know, yeah. rockets going off, this and that. And it took yeah. me like a day before I could tell uh, I, I, I didn't get down. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah.
2: They have apps now for that. You, you can do it you can on your phone. Yeah.
3: Well, <laughs> yeah. that's doing if, you if you don't have the horse racing now. I got <laughs> the sports app, Marco. But, you know, I'm not that Uh-oh. avid. I got it all. Marco, I'm, I'm,
0: I'm going to go back to the beginning. What's he doing doing a show without a sports book? Yeah. Let's, Let's start at the beginning. Let's go back to the basics I, here. I,
3: I, I, I was doing a show at a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, food. No. food. Oh, yeah, back to that. We start with food. We We're end with food. food. We're good. Good to see you, my friend. I appreciate you, as always. Oh, you bet. Uh, I love having Jay on. uh, We just got to get you a little bit more often, okay? There you go. But I appreciate you, man. Big time. Jay Schrader, uh, the former quarterback, joined us. And again, uh, once a Raider, always a Raider. Good luck to those Raiders. Hopefully they they get it done this week as well,
0: too. I look forward to
3: to seeing you back at the Legion Stadium, because I know you're going to just about all the games, too. Yeah,
0: just about all the games and uh, back there. So it's a fun place to be. It's a great stadium. I mean, everybody, we've got people coming in from out of town, which is is fun. It makes it fun. Yeah. You know, I don't like when it's 50-50, but, right. you know, we gotta we got to keep the home field advantage. But uh, it is a beautiful stadium, and the team's playing well. So let's hope they can finish off the season right.
3: they're where they're going. There you go. Go silver and black. All right, Jay Schrader in the house. When we come back, Trevor Madge is going to join us. And then it's time for our best bets here. The T.C. Martin Show, live from the Cosmopolitan of Las
1: Vegas. T.C. Martin. I'm ready to go in, Coach. Just give me a chance. The doctor is now. In in in, in. live from
3: the cosmopolitan of las vegas here on this friday talk a little football talk a little boxing let's get ready canelo alvarez and caleb plant tomorrow night at the mgm grand of course we got the breeders cup happening our good friend double b is at del mar in his box right now and uh, his horse coming your way here a little bit uh, after the show race number eight tonight the 30 to 1 shot right Helen's Well. Helen's Well. There you go. All right. So uh, good luck to Double B. So not here with us today, but he is at uh, Del Mar. Appreciate Jay Schrader for joining us here today, uh, talking a to little Raiders, talking to NFL. Always great stuff uh, talking with uh, Jay Raider, a a former Washington Redskin, and also with us, Trevor Madich, the former Washington Redskin uh, as well, too, as he joins us for our best bets. And it's time to roll with
1: that. It's football Friday, and time for the weekend's action. Here's the Best Bets.
3: We give you our three best college plays, our three best NFL plays, and we're ready to roll here today. Marco D'Angelo from wagertalk.com. Love having Marco here. He participates, yours truly, Trevor Maddich from ESPN does a fantastic job, of course, on the college football side with ESPN, but also with the NFL, too, with the uh,
1: Washington Football Club. Trevor, what is happening, my friend? Mr. TC, it is a great weekend for football. I can't wait for these games. No doubt about it. All right, man,
3: let's get it rolling. Let's go to Marco D'Angelo. Marco, start us off. You be the leadoff hitter today. All right, you be the quarterback since you just got done shaking Jay Schrader's <laughs> big hands. All right, maybe it will rub off on you. Marco, three best college plays. All right, we're going to take TCU
2: uh, plus 6.5. Actually, I think that line's up to 7 uh, as people are betting Baylor. Baylor's in a sandwich between Texas and Oklahoma. Take TCU. Arizona State minus Eight and a half against USC. Where is the motivation going to come from USC? Lame duck coach. They're four and four. They don't want to go to a minor bowl. I'll take Arizona State. Lay the points. And NC State minus two and a half over Florida State. Florida State uh, coming off the Clemson game. uh, Their defense can't stop anybody. I know they stopped Clemson, but Clemson doesn't have an offense this year. Uh, Held them in check. NC State, I think, is the best uh, team flying under the radar in the ACC.
3: You went that quick? I mean, we got all kinds of time to be breaking down. I mean, wait, wait you you on the speed dial here? What's the well, deal? Usually you tell me I go too long. I'm leaving a lot of time for Trevor. Well, we we know Trevor goes long, but that's quite all right. It's just it's just the three of us here today, you know? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I'll go back to that Arizona State game. If you want to go uh, for a comparison, if you look at that Arizona State loss last week to Washington State, uh, and that looks like a bad loss as a 16 half point favorite. They had – Four, turnovers, four or five turnovers in that game and were down 28 nothing early in the second quarter, but they didn't quit. They ended up uh, outscoring them 21-6 to the rest of the way uh, to make a game of it, but if you look, Arizona State's laying more to USC than Notre Dame was. What's that tell you? That's uh, the other reason why I'm big on Arizona State, and as I said, NC State, um, this Florida State team, off of Clemson, they got miami of florida next week even though the records are bad that is a heated rivalry they're looking ahead to next week i really do like nc state
3: all right good deal marco d'angelo all right let's go to trevor maddick diving into the college side here what do you got trev well
1: i got i got marco and whatever he's doing because he is knocking it out of the park i think (laughs) The reason he didn't go long is that he's working on his skills as a clairvoyant, you know, <laughs> remote viewer, because that seems to be what he's able to do. I, I don't know what you eat for breakfast, Marco, but I want some of that. Uh, I am I am uh, going to go, first of all, with Utah. They're at Stanford, laying nine, nine points, and I like the Utes and lay the points. Man, really, this is a bad matchup for Stanford. I mean, just awful. They lost three games in a row. They're averaging less than 20 points a game. Their quarterback, Tanner McKee, this is a Stanford now. He's banged up. Good chance he might not play or he might get knocked out. Utah, they made the switch of quarterback to Cam Rising, and their offense has taken off. They've always been able to pound the ball with big, physical running backs, but now their passing game gives them a, a versatile, balanced offense. And if you look at Stanford overall, poor Stanford I mean they're one of the worst teams at stopping the run in the country but to balance that out they're one of the worst teams at running the ball in the country so Stanford can't run the ball they can't stop the run they're facing a balanced offense and the most physical team probably or one of the most physical teams west of the Mississippi River so I say take Utah lay the points that Iowa is at Northwestern. And Iowa is a, is a one-legged stool, basically. Awesome on defense. Awful on offense. But Northwestern is unfortunate every way you look. They're one of the worst teams in the country at defending the run. I mean, last. Actually, they are the, the worst. They're last in rushing yards allowed. They're last in rushing touchdowns per game allowed. They're just, They're just terrible. On the other side, Iowa's offense has been terrible, too. But this is the time when they can finally push around the movable force, which is Northwestern's defense. The real reason I think that Northwestern will cover the 12 points that they're laying at, or excuse me, Iowa will cover, Iowa will cover the 12 points they're laying at Northwestern is because Iowa's defense is still playing really well, and they still have the ability to get a lot of turnovers and be a brick wall, and the Northwestern offense is not a whole lot better than their defense. I think the Iowa defense allows the Hawkeyes to cover the 12. Then, I'm going to go with the Baylor-TCU game like Marco did, but I'm going to take a different play. The total is uh, is 58, and I'm going to go under that total. TCU just got their coach fired, Gary Patterson, which is a whole other topic. He's a defensive coach, and the defense has been so abysmal this year that they fired him. Mid-season, after a 20-year career there. But the last seven consecutive opponents scored at least 29 points against TCU. They're they're really awful against the run, and Baylor's rushing game is fantastic. I mean, they're fourth in the nation in yards per carry, eighth in rushing yards per game against this TCU defense that can't stop anybody on the run. On the other side, TCU's offense is capable, but their stud running back, Zach Evans, probably won't play again this week. And I think that the the Baylor defense will really slow them down. I mean, everybody tends to slow them down. The last two losses, they only scored 19 points against West Virginia and 12 points against Kansas State. So I think you put all of that together. I think Baylor will keep the ball on the ground. I think TCU won't contribute much to the total. And so I take the under. All right, there it is. All right, guys, I'm going to start bright and early tomorrow morning,
3: 830, over at Globe Life Field, that's right. They're going to be playing at, at the Rangers Baseball Park. And I love the military academies, right? It's Air Force and Army, and Air Force laying two and a half. Uh, you got the two and three. Uh, rushing teams in college football. But the difference here in this game, Air Force has themselves a defense. They're actually ranked 28th. I like Air Force, and I'll lay the two and a half here. And Air Force, coming off uh, last week uh, where they uh, played uh, San Diego State, they outplayed them. They outgained them in every category. The only difference was why they lost the ball game, because they had two turnovers that took them out of that ball game. But this game is a clincher for Air Force for the Commander-in-Chief Trophy. And Trevor, you know all about that all right and uh, so if they win here they've already beaten navy earlier this season 24 to 3 so a win here for the uh the falcons clinches it and i just like air force on both sides of the ball better than i like army i get it you know army can, can run the football but air force can run it they can actually even pass it a little bit as well too but they play a little bit better defense and uh i like this on a neutral field i will take the falcons minus two and a half A&M and Auburn. Marco, we talked about this a little bit in the last hour. I like the Aggies in this game. A&M has won three in a row after they beat Alabama. You know, one of those, I, I should say, was against Alabama. And they're getting it done on both sides of the ball. They're actually averaging 188 yards rushing per game. And for me, it's hard to back Auburn against really good teams. Uh, A&M's D is going to give Bo Nicks uh, some problems. A&M won last year 31-20. to I just think it's a good spot at home. Kyle Field, and you lay four with A&M over Auburn. Uh, guys, I'm on this Baylor TCU game as well, too. But uh, I'm going to take uh, – uh, got three different sides here, all right? I'm going with the Baylor Bears, and I'm laying six and a half. So I'm going against uh, Marco, but then again, uh, Trevor, I don't know how my play fits into your total here, but here we go. we got two teams going in opposite directions, just like Trevor said. I mean, Baylor is 7-1. and one. They're thinking about Big 12 title here. Uh, offensively, they're second best in the conference. Defensively, they're third best in the conference. The offense is averaging 466. Six yards per game, and the defense really has shut down everyone that they have faced. TCU is a mess right now. Like you said, Trevor, Gary Patterson, 21 years at TCU. That means TCU has to go into a football game on five days' notice not having the guy that's been in charge of this program for 21 years because since he was let go of his duties earlier on this week. It's been a horrendous season for TCU. Their defense has been gashed for 443 yards per game. I will lay it with this Baylor team who is very, very hungry, give up 6.5 for the Baylor Bears. All right, guys, let's go to the NFL. Marco, wind it up. All right, we're going to
2: start things off with Carolina plus 3.5 against New England. Uh, It's one thing for New England to be an underdog, but now you've got them as a favorite on the road against the Carolina team that is going to be starting a quarterback not named Sam Darnold. It's Mm -hmm. going to be P.J. Walker. If you're not familiar with P.J. Walker or Coach Matt Rule, I will tell you this. Those two were together when Matt Rule... Became a household name in college football at the University of Temple. Knows the offense. He'll do just fine. I like Carolina plus the points at home against New England to pull the upset. And as we talked earlier with Jay, we've seen all these injured quarterbacks come in and get the job done. We already talked about this one. Green Bay plus 7.5. Injured player theory there as well. I look for them to handle Kansas City or at least stay within the touchdown. And the last one, I like the L.A. Chargers. I think the last two weeks were, you know, just bad games. They did go against Bill Belichick's defense last week. That's not the defense they will see in Philadelphia. I look for a lot of points in this game, and I look for Justin Herbert to get back on track against that Philly defense take the chargers lay the points on the road so the
3: old justin herbert shows up this week
2: yeah because he's going against not a good defense the last two defenses were baltimore and new england and we know bill belichick can frustrate young quarterbacks
3: all right trevor
1: maddox give us your three best nfl plays buffalo has been good to me in this exercise they are at jacksonville laying four. 14.5. Wait, 14 Wait, you have to say it, though. You have to say it. You like Buffalo
3: because what do they do to, to,
1: to the soul? Wait, what is that? What's your famous line? Buffalo doesn't just want to beat you. They want to crush you. They want to harm your soul. There it is. Yeah. All right, and you continue got, <laughs> Yeah, And they don't want to harm Jacksonville's soul. Eh? They've struggled a bit of late, but I think they'll get back to their normal dominant self against Jacksonville. They're laying fourteen and a half, but the Jaguars have been been basically crushed uh, more than a few times by better teams than them, and they haven't faced a team as good as Buffalo so far. The offense has been fantastic for Buffalo when it's on, and so I think that um, is enough to take Buffalo away the points. But really, it's the Buffalo defense against the Jacksonville offense, and that matchup that I think gives the Bills the the biggest advantage. I mean, Buffalo has the the top ranked defense and pass defense in the league. The Trevor Lawrence in the Jacksonville offense just hasn't been able to, to get it going yet. Lawrence is a rookie is still trying to find his way. He doesn't have a whole lot of weapons. And you have an example of how they are from last week. They played against Seattle. The Seahawks were the 30th ranked pass defense in the league last week, and the Jaguars only managed seven points. So I take Buffalo, I lay the 14 and a half, and I do that with quite a bit of confidence. Although one thing that is interesting is that I read a note here that Said that uh, 80, over 80% of the public betters are taking Jacksonville in the points. So maybe you guys can explain that a little bit. But uh, I'm taking, I'm taking the Bills and lay them. Okay. So Los Angeles Rams at Tennessee Titans. The Rams are laying seven points, and I say take the Rams, lay the points. Titans running back Derrick Henry is out for the year. They've hired Adrian Peterson off the street to take over for him, and he's still capable of bringing the thunder. And while he won't have a problem picking up the offense, he will have a problem understanding what his blockers can and cannot do. I think this really good defensive front of the Rams will force Tennessee to throw. And with A.J. Brown, their top receiver, questionable with a knee injury, and Julio Jones that's been on and off with a hamstring injury, I just don't know that there will be all that much ability for Tennessee to throw the ball if they have to, and I think they will have to. The Rams on the other side. Have uh, they're going to feast against the Tennessee secondary that has two of their top three corners out with injury. I say take the Rams, lay the points. And then New Orleans uh, is hosting the Atlanta Falcons. And I'm saying go under 42. The total is 42. I think uh, the points will be at a premium in this. Jameis Winston, the Saints quarterback, is out. It looks like... um, Trevor Simeon will be the starter because their second-string quarterback. Guys, BYU, and I space his name, Taysom Hill. That's it. (laughs) Taysom Hill looks like he's not going to play. How can I space Taysom Hill's name, right? And so I, I don't know that the Saints will move the ball a whole much because of that. On the other side, the Saints' defense is the league's second best in terms of points allowed so far. Total points allowed. They're really good in the red zone and. The offense for the Falcons will be without Calvin Ridley again, their best receiver. That's a problem, because when he didn't play last week against the Panthers, the Panthers' defense focused on Kyle Pitts, the great rookie tight end, and they held him to two catches, 13 yards. I think the Saints' defense will do the same thing, focus on Pitts, and I think it will be the same result. The Falcons won't be able to score a whole lot of points. So I say take the under.
3: All right, there you go. That is Trevor Maddich. All right, Trevor, I'm going to be on this game as well, too, and uh, I'm going to take, believe it or not, the Falcons. I'm going to take the Falcons plus 6.5, and, and it does scare me a little bit about no Calvin Ridley. I totally understand that, but I'm going to play the emotional side of this game. The Saints coming off that big emotional win last week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which you guys know I had ta- uh, had uh, the Saints is, is the best bet last week, and uh, I just think, uh, you know, bad news for the Saints with Jameis Winston gone for the season and in-step Trevor Simeon. Uh, Injuries galore here for the Saints on both sides of the ball. Yeah, we got the news that you know Michael Thomas, even though he's been out for, for quite some time, he's gone now for the year. But these guys are hurt on the offensive line. They're hurt on the defensive line. Atlanta has played well despite losing last week. And Matt Ryan has been pretty darn good. they got Mike Davis, who can run the ball in the backfield. And Kyle Pitts, we know all about him. Uh, he's been fantastic, and uh, the rookie tied in. These teams play each other every year very, very closely. So I think points at a premium. I'm going to take Atlanta plus 6.5. I think they keep this game close maybe even win this game outright. Again, Saints coming off that big emotional win, and especially with Trevor Simeon that I'm still not sold on, and you got a week to game plan for him, If uh, uh, your Atlanta's coaching staff, I'm taking the Falcons plus six and a half. Niners in Arizona. This is a rematch of a game we saw four weeks ago. And uh, the Niners lost that game 17-10, to but no Jimmy Garoppolo in that game. And they had a healthy Kyler Murray. Well, this time, Garoppolo is coming off his best game of the year, and Kyler Murray is injured. His uh, ankle is hurting. He's going to play. I like San Francisco minus two in this game. Garoppolo, like I said, best game of the year last week against the Bears. Passed for 322 yards. And here's a note. San Francisco last week had zero turnovers and zero punts. That's right. They did not punt one time last week, did not make a turnover, took care of the football. I like that. San Francisco, I think, is playing better. Arizona has some health issues, as we know. Talked about Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins is questionable. A.J. Green is out. J.J. Watt has been out, done for the year. And like I said, four weeks ago, Arizona won this game 17-10 to uh, with a much healthier team. I think San Francisco gets the job done, and this is the point of the season where I think the Niners start uh, coming back a little bit. Very impressive performance going on the road, beating Chicago last week. And... The Titans and the Rams, guys, I'm on the other side here. I'm going Tennessee. I'm taking the Titans plus 7.5. I know no Derrick Henry, but they still got Ryan Tannehill. They still got A.J. Brown, who has been phenomenal and that combo, has been dynamite this year. Plus, believe it or not, uh, we can use the term defense and Tennessee in the same sentence. We never could before, but they're playing good. Defense is playing very, very well. We saw them beat the Colts last week. They beat Kansas City. They beat Buffalo. They've won four in a row. And this Rams team, I know they're getting a lot of love. They've won four straight games. But who have they beaten? Seattle, the Giants, the Lions, and the Texans. Combined record of those teams, guys? 6-26. 6-26. and 26. If we just want to back it up and keep it recent, the last two weeks, who they beat, the Lions, the winless Lions, and the one-win Texans, that's 1-15. in 15. Yeah, they're a little full of themselves right now. I think good spot for Tennessee, going on the road, getting more than a touchdown. I will take the Tennessee Titans, plus 7.5. All right, those are our best bets. They are up on the website at tcmartinshow.com. Matthew Holt, Scott Spritzer, their picks are up there. Double B, Brian Benowitz as well. And the G-man, Gilby the intern. We finally got him to stay away from taking all these totals, all these crazy totals, over over 75, this and that. And uh, then, of course, we got uh,
1: Marco D'Angelo and our man Trevor Match. Trevor, some parting words, my friend. Yeah, some parting words. Last week was a tough week. One of those things where the matchups didn't play out like they should have. This one, I'm hoping the matchups will play out like they should. i hope to get back on track. I want to be more like you and Marco because you guys are rocking it. <laughs> All right, brother. We appreciate you, my man.
3: No one breaks down the X's and the O's like my man Trevor Match. Be good, brother. Enjoy your football weekend. You can listen to Trevor uh, tomorrow doing college football game day on the radio side. He'll be there uh, with about 22 screens in front of him. Take care, brother. Appreciate you. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, DC. All right, Marco, appreciate you. Uh, Catch Marco at wagertalk.com. All of his plays are there. All sports. He's hitting it hard. All right. Congratulations, my man. Love having you here. Anytime, TC. You know it. All right. Double B, not here at Del Mar. He'll be back with us next week. Appreciate Gilby. G-Man here and Numbchuck back in the studio. you miss any part of the show, go to the website. Check it all out. Our interview with Al Bernstein talking about... Uh, the fight tomorrow night with Canelo Alvarez and Caleb Plant, that's on the website as well, too, at TCMartinShow.com. Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. We'll talk to you next week.